0: Peace. This is your host, Krill of Out the Box. The following interview is part of our throwback series of Out the Box Talks. These are interviews that were done prior to the official season one and two of Out the Box Talks. Enjoy. Welcome to another wonderful edition of Out the Box Radio. This is actually our first episode of the year. So we're extremely happy to be launching into 2014 with y'all. Today our guest on the line is an artist who's pretty well known to many fans and dedicated supporters of hip-hop. He's been building a name for himself since the early days of recording with Cincinnati producer High- Tech under the name Reflection Eternal. He's also gained great respect and acclaimed recognition for his participation on the classic Black star album with most Deaf. Since then, his career as a solo artist has continued to blossom providing opportunities for him to travel the world and have a dynamic impact on the people. A couple months ago, he released his sixth official solo LP, entitled Gravitas, which came only months after his successful Prisoner of Conscious album released in the same year. Today, we are fortunate and grateful to be able to speak with him. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure and honor to bring to you the man, the lyricist, the accomplished BKMC himself, my brother, Talib Kwali. What's good? How's everything, man? Glad to have you on the line finally. Oh,
1: good to good to be good to be talking with y'all.
0: No doubt. Now, I mean, it's a lot that I want to talk to you about, obviously. I know you got the new album, Gravitas, that recently came out. Um, but um I want to kind of kick things off with this interview just from a different perspective than I usually do. Usually um, in the beginning of the interviews, I ask about the artist's history, but you're somebody that's pretty much, you know, people know about on, on just generally. So I want to kick off this interview by just doing a temperature check on uh, where your mindset is currently at. I know you, you got the new album out and there's, there's a quali Club movement going on with that. So uh, just touch base on what, what that's all about and where your mindset is, with relates to that.
1: Um, Yeah, Gravitas is my latest album. You can get it from qualiclub.com, that's K-W-E-L-I-Club.com, direct to fan, no middleman. The point of that is, you know, sometimes fans don't understand, they say, well, why would you limit where you could get it? Why would you make it harder as a fan and not have it everywhere? Well, it's simple, you know, when you put your album out through other outlets, you know, Best Buy, Amazon, whatever, you're not getting the emails from the fans. You have to split a profit. You know, it's like canvassing the whole country, the whole world, to try to get a little niche group of your fans if you're an artist like me. My fans know how to get, my truest fans know how to get at me. They know where I'm at on Facebook. They come to the website. They come to Twitter. And so, instead of spending a lot of money, time, and energy to try to get, to reach every single fan, and then I can't even get in touch with their emails to hit them direct. For this particular project, I want to have something that the money comes directly to me. You get the music directly from me, and it allows fans who say, They want to support the artist direct to put their money where their mouth is. I don't have anything against these other outlets. I, I do great work with especially iTunes. You know, I got 12 albums up on iTunes. But for this one, this was just for the fans and a social
2: experiment.
0: Right, definitely. Now, if you were to look ahead, just visioning the success of this Quality Club movement that you started, how do you see your fans as well as yourself benefiting from this, like, a few years down the line with what you just started?
1: Um, well, I've only got to wait a few years. I already see the benefits, whereas um, I can hit fans directly in their market when I'm coming to let you know about a show. Um, I've asked, I've already answered a bunch of fan emails and got people fans to go out and help me promote, spread the word. And, I mean, just in the nuts and bolts of it, I don't got to wait for my money. You know, mm. like Ghostface said, waiting on royalty checks takes too long. It's like waiting on babies. The moment you spend $12 on my album, I got it in my pocket.
0: Right. True indeed. A, a more... Direct way to connect with fans. now, I bought the album of course, um, had to listen through it I've been you know supporting your music for, for lots of years now. Um, what what immediately struck me when I listened to the album was the intro. Uh, I believe the the guy speaking on the intro, his name is Neil Gaiman. Um, he, um, he says something really profound on the subject of art as it relates to life struggles he says in quote um in the in the intro that some sometimes life gets hard things go wrong but when things get tough we should make art and i i really thought that was profound because very often we generally choose unproductive things to comfort us through life's obstacles but we really think of tapping into our creative energies like we would rather watch a reality show or blow money on trees or something you know, to deal with stress, then tap into our creative abilities. What do you think causes us to have this generally apathetic outlook when it comes down to being creatively productive?
1: Well, you know, first of all, shout out to the game. And he's quite a talent, and great writer and great artist. And um, what he said in that speech really resonated with me, especially when he making gravitas. I mean, there's not wrong with escapism. It's in human nature to not want to deal with things and to, allow things to distract you and it's healthy to do that every once in a while. But if that's all you do, then you're not being productive. You know, me as a creative person, not everybody looks at themselves as a creative person person, even though everyone is creative as something. But if you identify as a creative then you can't just put it in your Twitter bio. You actually have to do, you know, mm-hmm. you have to get up and actually do it. You know, you see people with all types of things in their social media bios. And that besides put those titles in their bios, they're not really doing nothing to, in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, just, it's something that, you know, the truest artists in the world are the ones who, who are doing it, whether they get paid for it or not. Those are the artists that have the, the most respect for.
0: Definitely. And what would you say it would take for us to ta- turn the tables around and make a progressive change mentally?
1: Um, I think when, as far as what we're talking about, yes, as consumers, all of us as consumers, we are people who claim to love hip hop. I'm, sure I'm sure you do your radio show because you love hip hop. You right. know, I'm sure you, you have this discussion because you love hip hop. I, I love hip hop too. I'm sure EbraHot97 loves hip hop. I'm sure Juicy J, Lil Wayne and them love hip hop, right? You know, mm-hmm. so as fans... You know, and so everyone does what does their part. You do your little radio show, you know, I do my little raps, you know, but as consumers, we're all fans as well, it's, it's on us to right. support artists that speak to us, to, to turn off the radio when it's a nonsense we don't want to hear and, and request stuff we want to hear, to, to, to vote with, for, for our favorite artists with our dollars. When the internet came, a lot of fans of hip-hop who, who don't like mainstream or corporate hip-hop, they stopped paying attention to mainstream radio and, with right. and TV. And so you used to seek a conscious element on MTV, but those fans don't go there anymore. They go to the internet. And so right. that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then a lot of energy is wasted on, well, why don't they play another? Because y'all don't support that. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 it's just a nuts an and bolts thing. People like to romanticize and say, oh, there's some conspiracy against conscious. No, the conspiracy goes far beyond any music industry thing. It's, it's in us to... to um. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that's in us that's self-loathing and, self, and very, it's very self-destructive that um, makes us be dismissive of messages in our music, um, you know, when, and, 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 and it makes us complain about not receiving them instead of making sure we receive them. It's mm-hmm. on us. Like when James Brown did I'm Black and I'm Proud, it wasn't because he woke up and had a revelation. It's because community demanded, hey, you he rep for the community. The community mm-hmm. got to demand that the artists rep for them. The artists are not the leaders.
0: Well said, brother, well said. Now, um, I also wanna uh, just move a little forward to 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 also note that um, you put out two albums in 2013, the latter being Gravitas, of course, but the first being titled Prisoner of Conscious. And I found that title to be interesting due to the fact that the word conscious has been a label that has seemed to stick with you throughout your career. Now, I got to say, when I first learned that you weren't too receptive of the term, I was a little surprised because if you really think about it, conscious is actually a very positive word. Oh, and and
1: I'm very very respectful. I love being considered a conscious artist. Right. I love it.
0: So I really wanted to just um, give you that that opportunity to really speak on... um, you know the, the issue you had exactly with the with being called a conscious rapper, because as you as you know as most people know, to be conscious is to be awake. So what what exactly was your issue with being called a conscious rapper?
1: I don't have any issue with it. I love it. I wear it as a badge of pride. You know what 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 could be greater? You know what could be a greater asset to the hip hop community than a conscious rapper? Like I love it. When I say prisoner conscious, I'm not talking about what I think. I'm talking about what other people think. Mm-hmm. There's people who try to put artists in a box. You know, Jay-Z is a prisoner of materialism. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ice Cube I could be considered a prisoner of gangster rap, where they see you as one thing, and so they don't want to accept anything else from you. And so as an artist, it's a, it's a conflict of interest. As an artist, my nature is to be everything I can be. So if everyone says, well, you're just this type of artist. You can't make this type of song. You can't, I have range, I can do whatever. So yeah, I'm a conscious artist. But there mm-hmm. are days that I'm not conscious and days that and and you're gonna hear that reflected in my music. There's days when when I wanna talk about sex or violence, even if I have given my own spin. Mm-hmm. So to 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 put an artist in a box and say that they're just one thing, that goes against every artistic nature that I have. And then mm-hmm. what we have now is we have a trend in hip hop where that's that box is not it's not even just Putting me in that box, but it's also putting me in that box and putting that box in a space where people are saying it's condescending and corny. Where people right. are saying conscious rap is not something that people want to hear or listen. To. I'm not going to let you box me in like that. There's right. people who listen to gangster rap and ratchet stuff that need to hear me. And right. if, if they get a chance to hear me, they're going to like it. But it needs to be put in front of them. And if you put me in a conscious box and then say, I don't listen to conscious, I'm not going to allow you to do that to me as an artist. Right,
0: right, right. I'm, I'm glad you... I, I mean,
1: trust me, my music is conscious and, it's, and I'm proud of it. Definitely.
0: That's great to hear, man. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that you don't, you know, you don't understand the the importance of the term, you know. But I've always right. kind of like with interviews you've done or just maybe hearing you speak out on it. Like I knew it was always like, don't put me in that box. But I I I actually embrace the fact that you know someone can be a conscious rapper, you know, and not look at it like it's actually someone putting you in a box, you know. Okay.
1: See, it's my job as an artist to not allow the fans to lead me, but to lead the fans. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, like again, like I, I embrace being a conscious artist, right? But mm-hmm. I would to listen to my fans, right? And every song, be conscious. And every time I do an interview, I'm talking about the conscious thing. And I'm always trying to teach or preach. I would get corny and played out real quick.
2: Right. I have
1: to survive in this business. And I know what I got to do. So I prefer to look at myself as just an artist. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. I consider J. Cole a conscious artist. I consider Kendrick Lamar a conscious artist
2: because mm-hmm. they, they
1: are honest and they craft. Do you?
0: Definitely. I do too as well. They
1: definitely do, but no they don't deal with that stigmatism and that label. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're not conscious artists, but they're allowed to just be who they are. Kanye right. West made one of the most conscious rap artist albums of the year. And they consider him the epitome of everything that's wrong with rap on these blogs and on TMZ. He's the only one talking about the prison system. He's talking about black skinheads. He's a conscious rapper. Mm-hmm. Every song Kanye kind West of makes, whether it's about racism or not, he talks about racism mm-hmm. You
2: know
1: what I'm saying? Every song he makes, and that's hands down, but people get caught up in the images. Like, Watch mm-hmm. the Bone was one of the most conscious hip-hop albums i heard in a long time. But people was caught up in the branding and who, who these guys are sleeping with and what they're wearing mm-hmm. other than what the music was. A lot of people missed the consciousness on that album. Mm. Because of the labels, because of how things are labeled.
0: Right, definitely. So my thing is, and I don't want to beat this question to the ground. I want to get up off it's, of it. It's, but, question,
1: a lot of, a lot of, it's a great question because I'm glad I had a chance to speak on this because a lot of people do get it twisted when right. I name my album listener conscious or when I make these statements.
0: Yeah, that and that was what was so important when I when I heard that you were naming it that. Um yeah, like like I was saying, I don't want to beat it to the ground, but what would you say? then created this? Why someone like J. Cole or Kanye can't be viewed as this, but you have been viewed and put in that box. What what has been the culprit behind you being viewed this way? I don't think it's necessarily a
1: culprit. My my brand and what I do has been associated with a movement. I came in the game with Raucus Records. Most deaf quality black star. You know, I went out and uh, did my own thing, you know, uh, quality and reflection eternal, all the work that I've done. But I came and associated with a brand mm-hmm. and a time hip hop and an uh, independent versus commercial thing and a conscious underground versus pop thing. And people embraced those elements of, of my early work of Black Star, Reflection Eternal, a quality. So I gotta that's why I can't never denounce it. I gotta own it. People see me as conscious because that's what I represented in this business. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I gotta be careful to not let myself get pigeonholed to as I become it becomes about me being conscious and not me being an artist. Because then no one cares about the music. I gotta remind people constantly, I'm glad you like the lyrics. I appreciate that. However, you would not like me if I wasn't dope. You would mm-hmm. not like me if you didn't think I could eat all these rappers conscious or not.
2: True indeed. It would not like
1: me if I didn't work with producers like Kanye and Dilla and Madlib and high tech, are the best in the business. So you have to respect what I do musically and artistically beyond the consciousness. Because the consciousness is only valuable in the music when the music sounds and feels good. So I, I, I struggle to, I strive to make make sure that people understand that.
0: True indeed, and I thank you for clarifying that. So um, Kwali, what I want to do is actually go into a song from the Gravitas album. This one is actually featuring uh, Abby Dobson. It's called State of Grace. It was one of the tracks that really stood out to me um, when I first started listening to the album. So let's actually take a break to go into that. It's called State of Grace featuring Abby Dobson right here on Out The Box Radio, Taleb Kwali. Check it out. from the top, from the top, from the top, from the top, uh,
3: from the One. top, from the top, from the top, from the top. state of One. grace, where the talent is surrounded by the pain and the violence, One. so the selling never safe, at the same time, it to the jake, that's the quickest way to get found One. at the bottom of the lake, the problem we face seems so great that we can't escape, One. so we accept our fate, One. so the sex and the money and the One. murder One. are the pictures we paint, if an artist is a part of a community and got an opportunity to get that kick but we'll never come back to the hood, no immunity usually a nigga like that so fake no different from a snake, nothing left to give cause you always want to take, if you ain't using all, all the talents God provided you with, for well, the better man a man understand, you ain't the upper a waste. pooping to the face of a young girl, raising up like a flag when it's unfurled, got game listening to her mother's pearls, and she love Beyonce cause she run the world her mama used to run this city way back before the nigga Puff was diddy when it came to her music then she got real picky from New York, but preferred to pop over biggie no disrespect to Miss. Wallace but she liked to do the knowledge, and she felt that Pac was more lyrical. No, she never went to college, but she called herself Earth Down, with the gods more spiritual. She got in the physical, and it's only natural to pray for a little youth. Musical, cool, so she played them a bulletproof cool course till her daughter was born, it was a miracle. Music is the light when it's dark, and the way that you spit your dart is a big part. She grew up loving hip-hop Now all her daughter got is loving hip-hop Nowadays niggas turn her for the sex Niggas turn her for the money Never turn her for the movement Ratchet reality stars They be looking so stupid Getting in the fights at reunions She used to be inspired by the riders, Now she tired of the biters No desire for the lion And the violence that's afflicted on the body In the so-called party environment the body is politics Lost count of many whores She was called today She won't do it no more Lost all her faith They say she exaggerate When she hollerate, But there's only so much She can tolerate for Her entire graduation was a die situation. Did a paper on the state of the hip hop generation, but no longer felt a part of the conversation. Used to be, I'm a ride or die chick. B I G with the me and my bitch. No objections, being an object. Major label, seeing the profit She ain't never been a bitch or a hoe, but she used to sing along when she heard it in a song. She used to be front row at the show till so she overdosed on the testosterone. My favorite rapper invited her backstage but a stage, but she felt like she really ain't belong. When she wouldn't let him hit this nigga call her a bitch, she erased all the songs from the phone. Who are you fucked with? So the garbage is Stuck with. You can bump it a dump it, the artist she trusted Just broke her heart so misogynistic and disgusted She tried not to judge him, and her heart she still love him And the way that he lusted a part of his suffering And this young man clearly not ready for the hard discussion Female MC acting more like a dude than a doo-doo Only if you knew I know a few who flow crazier than a few flew Over the nest of the cuckoo But she never gonna hit him in the mix of so the new attitude Take a cue from the radio playing that doo-doo She on D'Angelo Pandora Station playing that voodoo. Who knew? to us This challenge how to be great I see lyrics as colors and shapes Put it on tape, let her know I can relate When you wish you could switch The way that you look and your nose was smaller And your hair was straight When you got no faith, when you hate yourself When you hate your race, let's get to the core Our sister's worth more than riding on the wall half naked She a bitch, she a whore, and you rich And you shit on the floor And all of your records are asking to buy it Why should I support music that constantly disrespects me And make you dismissive of the efforts Of those who get left with the charge You're repping it correctly When it's free, online, or in the cloud Ain't no need to touch the radio dial You wonder why you don't hear no sounds on the air And it's clear that the sails go down Down by lord that you found before you on a message board and you sounding off These niggas gain the whole world, but what's the cost? No wonder why these niggas be sounding lost Rhyming is a memory These assembly line rap niggas is designed by the enemy Stop giving them your soul, gift rap. Pre-packaged, fabricated, shit rap. Running through you like fast food, Big Macs You don't want no problems, fix that All the time that you spent, listen to that bullshit Now you ain't never gonna give back
0: Welcome back to Out the Box Radio. I'm your host, Krill. I got my brother, Talib Kwali on the line. It feels like it's been forever. I'm trying to get you in for an interview, so I'm really delightful to have you here with me. Um, <laughs> word up. I'm, trying, word I'm, definitely
1: up. Trying to, I'm definitely trying to cut down on my interviews. I do a lot of interv- I've done a lot of interviews in my past. Right now, I'm trying to be selective and do the ones that I know I'm going to get the good questions for.
0: Listen, man, I'm glad you came this way. For real, for real. So, um... I mean I I want to talk about um a recent Double XL interview that um uh featured uh the now elected New York mayor Bill de Blasio. He uh, mentioned you among a couple other astute rappers as someone he would like to connect with. He he's quoted in the interview saying, "I'd also like to connect with Talib Kwali. He grew up in Park Slope, where my wife and I lived and raised our two children. He has a strong social conscience. Just out of curiosity, how did that make you feel when you originally heard it?
1: Uh, it made me feel like I was doing the right things. You know, I, I'm I'm definitely a fixture, of Park Slope, Brooklyn. Anybody who knows my history knows. You know, that's where I come from. And you know, I was I was happy to see." uh, the homie Bill get elected. You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely, he was reaching out to me during the campaign. I just tr- tried to really stay away from endorsing politicians, you know, during the campaigns. Um, you know, um, until, you know, because, because I'm, I'm, you know, for a lot of reasons that we can get into later, but I was, I was rooting for him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, okay, I, you know, I, you know, I voted for him and I was, I'm glad he got elected. And, um, you know, I, I haven't been in a city, you know and enough time to really chop it up but yeah i'm gonna go up to gracie mansion as soon as i get back and go knock on the door
2: i'll be like
0: what's up here wow you rarely ever hear hip-hop artists talking about going up to gracie mansion (laughs) which leads (laughs) me to my bumby about
1: to run for the mayor of houston i heard them in the room of
0: mail wow that's what's up that's interesting because my next question is really um you know like i said hip-hop Artists rarely get recognized in a positive light by elected officials, let alone someone like the mayor. So my question is, do you see any way in which hip hop can actually work alongside someone like a de Blasio or someone in political office who's actually been inspired by rap to make a positive impact on the people? I mean, I'm not going to front. It's
1: slightly scary for me because I come from (laughs) counterculture. And I come from a culture. I grew up in a New York City where we didn't we didn't fuck with the mayor like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like
2: mm. it's
1: like this is a different mentality for me as an adult. You know, as a, someone who people are looking at as you know a little like a someone in the community who's been there for a minute. I'm not just some young rapper dude you know, from from Brooklyn. I have some some time put in, right? So I got to look at my responsibility in the community different. Um, I you know I'm 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 known for speaking out against you know, or not speaking out against, but saying that I don't vote. Mm,
2: you know,
1: um, right. and, you know, for, for years I've, I've said that. If people ask me, I wasn't trying to push my agenda or nobody else, but I just didn't feel like the options that were presented to us were worthy of our time, and I didn't feel like the, the voting fixed the system at all. I don't believe in the lesser to too evil. Uh, even Obama, when he first ran in 08, that changed my viewpoint a little bit. Also reading Manning Marable's book about Malcolm X, we talked about Malcolm learning how to... You know, to work the vote with Adam Clayton Powell. You know, and how they informed voting blocks in Harlem and we were able to get some things done in Harlem because
2: mm-hmm. they were able
1: to galvanize the people to all move as a voting block. To me, that was intriguing. I'm like, okay, if I find a politician who's moving like that, that's something I could get behind. You know what I'm right. saying? So, um, so you know, I, I haven't quite seen those politicians. Yet. I feel like we need to raise those politicians in the community. But I'm excited about the opportunity to maybe chop it up with with Mayor de Blasio, and, and figure out my role in the community in in, the, in in light of what I know about what the power of voting can do.
2: Wow. You know, I, right. I still
1: don't think the individual vote means anything. You know, I just think that's fact. I think the Electoral College, especially presidential elections, when you talk about local elections, it means a little bit more. School boards, assembly, that means a little bit more. For presidential elections, that's a popularity contest. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with individual vote. You know, like, things are already decided beforehand, beforehand. But, yeah, I mean, there are ways and strategies to use the vote to advance the people. And that's what I feel like I need to do at this stage in my life is if I'm going to involve myself like
0: that. Definitely. Now, you just mentioned that you have a little history with, you know, um, you know politics in the past. And I, 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 I think I found out that um, your younger brother was, in, was involved in politics or something like that. What's your history um, with, you know, doing groundwork? On a political level that people might not know about,
1: um, politics I really don't you know fuck the politics like that. I am move the social, cultural, activist side of things. You know, okay. um, yeah, but I mean, my brother uh, was with Justice Stevens. There was a, a federal uh, justice named Justice Stevens who my brother worked for for years, mm-hmm. um, and then he just retired a little a few years ago. My brother now works. He my brother's a, a scholar of constitutional law, so he knows like everything about the Constitution. Now he teaches that at, at uh, Columbia. Okay. Um. But my brother's he's involved politically. You know, he went out to work for the Obama campaign. My whole family is into that. Um. You know, but I'm I'm sort of like the black sheep of the family. I'm hmm. like the rabble.
0: <laughs> well, um, a prop, a pretty popular black sheep, if that. You know, so definitely, um, very accomplished in hey, my your brother, own right.
1: My brother be on TV and doing Charlie Rose, and I ain't never been on Charlie Rose. I'm like, damn, <laughs> I, I can wrap my face off on Charlie Rose to ent- interview my little brother about constitutional law.
0: Right. Well, maybe, may, maybe next time, you know, he could put in a good word for you. I'm sure it won't be that hard. Yeah, maybe I can. <laughs> yes, uh, no doubt. Now, um, my next question that I want to take it is a direction primarily for the fans. It deals. Of course, with uh, Mr. Yasin Bey, whom we all know most popularly as Most deaf. Now, in my opinion, you guys are like, you and most are like the outcasts of New York. And when I say outcasts, I mean Andre and Big Boy. You know, you guys represent the outcasts of the East Coast. Um, And I feel like, I say that because I feel like, you know, people anticipate a Black Star album just as much as they want to see an outcast album, especially with the craze of this New Outcast reunion tour and a possible album. So, just given all the different attempts or directions you and most have are uh, sorted to in an effort to release a sophomore Black Star album, what do you think it would take to ensure that a second Black Star album is officially released in the future? Yeah,
1: I'm gonna hold my breath for an hour. You know, um, a blaster album is, is you know, as a fan of blaster, I'd like to see that, you know, but it may or may not be in the cards. And and the reason why I like it so much is people want to hear it so much because they love the first album. There's no guarantee that we're gonna guarantee that we're gonna duplicate the sound or feel or success of it. If we do it, hopefully we do. But if you know, I, I would encourage fans to focus more on. What we've, what, you know, instead of saying give us more, give us more, focus on what we've been giving. Most deaf has had a stellar solo career as, as have, have I. We've done songs together. We still do shows together. You know, that album is something special and it should be looked at. I'm, I'm happy that fans love it the way they do, but you know, there's there's a lot of music that we've put out, and I'm not saying you have to be a fan, but you know, you know, like to me, it's like when I look at somebody like Lauryn Hill, she gave me Miseducation. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. I don't care if she wants to come out and play guitar or a cappella or a acoustic guitar. I don't care if the food should ever get back together. They gave me the score already. But maybe I'm biased because I'm 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 on the other side of it, you know
2: what
1: I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mean? But that's that's how I look at it. If if I love that much, It's hard for me to be like, ah, oh, give me more You know what
0: I'm saying? Okay. But to just to reiterate the question again, um if I if I had to challenge you to think a little bit more about it, what do you say what do you think it would take for that to happen, however?
1: I wouldn't be safe if I had that answer, it
0: would have happened already mm, okay, okay, I'll take that. I'll definitely take that <laughs> uh and you know, I'm only asking because I'm sure you get a lot of fans and a lot of people that have followed you since that time that want to see that happen, and we've seen you guys on Rock the Bells, you know really hyping us up, so you know we was looking but i yeah i, I just I' just
1: say i just say like this like you know with me. I mean, you look at look at what, how you know me and me, me and Yasin, we, um, we we create at different paces, and so I think people, I think fans can look at my pace and know that if it was up to me, we would have a new album now. But it's it's a group, you know, so it's like we you, we have to respect each other's time and space and how we want to create. And the, and for me, it, it would be whack for me to be like, oh, we need to because you know we we started out as friends. We still mm-hmm. get to perform from it all the time. But to me, it's never that's something i miss maybe because i'm in the group you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but I, I get how fast because what's interesting about black star is we perform every year all the time but every performance is billed as Black star reunion like we don't never perform and
2: <laughs> right I think
1: it's interesting because that's something that we make fun of it's like this is not really a reunion but that's how it's always sold because that's how it's been romanticized
0: right well while we on the topic of most death and i thank you for that input and that information in regards to black star while we are on the topic of Mos and Black Star, tell us a little bit. What's um? I mean, I haven't heard much from the brother since you guys put out the sophomore um "Reflection Eternal" album. But what's going on with High Tech? Are you and him uh, going to be doing anything c- coming up in the future?
1: Um, God willing, High Tech has always been one of my favorite producers. You know, we put out the first "Reflection Eternal" through my situation with Raucus. We put out in the second one through my situation with Warner Brothers. So my track record is I've always created a situation for me, high Tech to get our music out, um, and I always attempt to work with him. There's been plenty of albums that I have had, you know, that have high Tech on them that he's not, you know, that are not reflection turn albums. So you know, I always try to work with him, but people work at different paces, you know, and people work in different capacities. And you know, you can't, I can't sit around and wait for somebody as much as I enjoy working with them. I can just try my best to work with them as often as possible. And that's what I've that's what I've done with High Tech. And I, I feel like I've been very blessed. I I feel like we have two incredible albums. I'm proud of both of those albums. Mm-hmm. On top of the songs we have together is solo bank in, in mine.
0: Indeed. Now High Tech obviously being one of the producers that you've built a great chemistry with, but in addition to him you've actually worked with quite a bit of other producers, most of them really talented but not really known in the mainstream. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you've worked with casts like Mad Lib, Dilla, S1, recently Lord Quest of Canada, and of course, Mm -hmm. Mad Lib's brother, Ono. What do you look for in a producer when it comes to choosing beats? And is there any possibility that we can see another producer MC collab with you in the future?
1: Um, I look for artists who are influenced by the same things I'm influenced by. I grew up in the 70s, so... I have a, an affinity for soul sounds, but also mm-hmm. i a child in the 80s. You know, I, I came the age in the 80s and 90s. So even though I'm into those, the soul sound, um, the soul music sound, which is prevalent for black people in the 80s, I'm a, you know, I'm a student of hip-hop. So it's like I like a mix of that. And my producer ended up being a dude who do that well. And that's Mad Lib and his brother and high tech and Villa and people like that. So those are the beats I feel comfortable on. Those are the type of producers I feel comfortable working with, especially if they're prolific and they have a good sense of output. Um, so, yeah, those producers that you named are the ones I feel like are some of the best people doing it. Um, you know, O'Neill has been responsible for most of my, from Better Rainbows to, to presenter Conscious to Gravitas. He has the most beats on those three projects recently. Right. So, you know, me and him have talked about doing a project. We, we have another bad liberation project
0: word
2: to to, shore up shore up you know um
1: that's i'm I'm, it's a good problem to have to know whether or not i want to put out a madlib album or oh no album
0: first yeah definitely i I could definitely agree with that and that's something i'm sure a lot of um you know your fans and people that are familiar with oh no and madlib of course would want to see so that's great to hear so um what I want to do is take another music break to go into another track off your latest album, Gravitas, which we spoke about earlier. This is a track that um, really is interesting and uh, thought-provoking in its own right. It's called Wormhole. So we're going to talk about it more when we come back. So uh, let's go into it. This is Krill. You're in tune to Out The Box Radio. Got the brother Taleb Kwali on the line. We're going to be right back after this track.
3: Oh, you mix rock it deep, you niggas want kick <laughs> Y'all niggas ain't deep, man. Y'all niggas lost me as soon as you steady trying to tell me which rappers in the fucking Illuminati. Then I'm like, show me the proof, right? Niggas start talking about the Antichrist and aliens. Say the ghost stories for the kids, nigga. I'm a Stop grown-ass it. man. Stop. You can lead a man to a drink, but you can't make him take a sip. You can lead a man to a link, but down me he gon' click. What's this? I ain't really on no deep shit, I peeped it. I'm scared of the motherfuckin' secret. Society and only built with people you agree with. You scared of a challenge, scared to death. Only thing worse is your silence. Illuminati's enlightened, the owl see in the darkness. Masonic roots that survive from the book of daily departed. Egyptologists scholars and scholars symbologists at the college. We'll all acknowledge that ancient chemist is where it started. Way farther back than the knights or the right to the Scottish, you need to wake up, no new Bugatti, yes, my enemy trying to stop me but I don't stand a chance if can't identify properly, Illuminati as you know it started in Bavaria, years before it landed on the shores of America, the mission, abolishment of government and religion, they were enemies of the state and they were hated by the Christians, they were poets, they were scholars, early Illuminati was sort of like the students in Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, the modern day politicians were diss turning them into martyrs, turn inspired the founder fathers the vast majority masons who were the subject of the Illuminati founders fascination no order was inspiration Keep going. and ain't no disrespect to the masons but to try to keep secrets and it leads to speculation only those in league with satan need to hide information that's how you catch a ride to your final destination where the proofs showing proof put it all on the table when the facts are intact ain't no need for a fable good versus evil is primitive real life's more complex what's your context put the symbols on the dollar bill, the monuments are obelisk, the honor in Columbia, the children of the colonists, you can trace it back to the root, trace it back again, it's really just another case, stealing from the Africans, racism invented to justify the sale of flesh, property like cattle or produce, but all you steal, the fresh population control is real, you know the deal, but still perpetuate the cycle of violence, we know no hold skill. steal. no, I don't need no fucking chorus, used to read so many books, thought I was a hoarder down at borders, like a holding pair of hell, horse, or the new world order, but you really don't know what reading if you really don't know the author A lot of Satan more shit stuck up in the propaganda. Unsubstantiated lies with no truth. A bunch of slander. Of course, there are forces against you, and that's a fact. They don't get caught in the distractions bigger than anything the oppressor got the luxury of inventing a monster The devil incarnate is much realer than the devil in concert. What they doing so sinister bursting than any blood sacrifice you can imagine Iller than any cinema The Federal Reserve, the World Bank And the IMF helping the poor get poorer You in debt until you're dying breath Food, the vaccines, humanitarian aid They want control of the region They really trying to get paid Obey that consumer, make a product out of man Yeah, Where's the conspiracy? It's always been the plan One scared of one world currency But still paying Taxes. It ain't the Illuminati that worry me. Lack of spiritual energy, suicidal tendencies, unwitting soldiers in the armies of the enemy. leaking information, so follow me down the wormhole. Same reason that the called Bradley Manning a turncoat.
0: Yep, yep. Welcome back to Out the Box Radio. I got the brother Talib Kweli on the line. The track that you just heard is called Wormhole. One of my other favorite tracks off the album a favorite of mine for, for many reasons. Now, this track uh, actually speaks on one of the more popular and controversial topics within social media in recent years. Uh, and most, most people are probably already familiar the Illuminati, all right? So um, mm-hmm. uh, on this track, uh, you have a line that goes, my enemy is trying to stop me, but I don't stand a chance if I can't identify them properly. And I thought that that point was really important to note because it's true when when this whole Illuminati craze started influencing people, I don't think much of us really took the time to study the term or even just the origins and true history behind it. Now, if you were to look at this from a holistic perspective in terms of how it affects the people, what do you think makes this perception that people have about entertainers being in the Illuminati so dangerous? Um, I just I think that misinformation
1: can be far more dangerous than lack of information. I far far rather somebody not know shit than know a bunch of nonsense that they try to convince me. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, in, in 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 that case, what would you say um, should be more important subjects that we as fans or just listeners of music that get caught up on in this what should we be focusing on to help uplift and propel us forward as a people
1: well the things that people are worried about you know population control one world government stuff like that uh, lack of privacy you know, those things are real but Kanye West and Jay-Z don't have shit to do with it you know like it's a ruling class that's enacting these things on these people and they, people have to be willing to fight against the ruling class you have people who don't know about The Arab Spring, don't know anything about Edward Snowden, don't know anything about what Occupy Wall Street was talking about, but are trying to convince you that Rihanna is doing symbolism in her videos. It's just ridiculous.
0: hmm I, I totally hear that. Now, um, Quali, the next question I have to ask you is really relevant to the present time and current talk of the music industry. As, as we all know, there's been a lot of talk about the homie Kendrick Lamar being snubbed by the Grammys after gaining seven nominations and having uh Macklemore take away the award for Best Rap Album. And I know you, Kendrick, is somebody you have a lot of respect for. And of course, Macklemore being someone you um have toured with. um A lot of people are disgruntled about this, particularly in the hip-hop community. So my question is, for these people, do you feel like this response against this award was necessary or even made sense for us to express our anger about giving the history of the Grammys? Um, I think I, I agree with the statement that it's kind of silly to be shocked by this decision. Mm-hmm. The Grammys has
1: historically made the same type of decision they made when they gave Macklemore that Grammy. So that's not it's not a shock or surprise. Um, I do think it's misguided to direct your anger towards Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. You know, I don't think it's their fault. I think they worked hard. I think they deserve all the accolades and praise that they that they worked hard to achieve for. And I think Macklemore himself has done a lot of things, from make a record called White Privilege years ago, to mm. you know putting out that Instagram message to Kendrick, or to saying a week before the Grammy that he feels like Kendrick deserves the Grammy. I feel like there's nothing more for that young man to do. Like, what, what are he supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, he's, what, he, he's supposed to go down and out. Like, he's still so an Um, he don't make those decisions. And, um, you know, people people have even suggested, well, you should give the Grammy to Kendrick. But it's not just Macklemore. It's Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. And mm-hmm. there's a whole team of people who went behind making that album. So that's not even something that I think that even if, for, I think I'd be disrespectful to his people to do that. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not I personally feel like Good Kid is a better album or not. Grammy's mm-hmm. never had to do with what's the best album ever. It always had to do with what's the most visible.
0: Right, right. And I thought it was interesting that macklemore himself felt as though he um he shouldn't have won that award the rap album award i'm talking about particularly um yeah i mean people have
1: people have suggested that that's disingenuous of him or insincere but i think that's um i think that's that's a misguided suggestion because for you to suggest and you've never been in that position
0: right 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 definitely so i mean moving forward on this subject um I mean, obviously this is something that, you know, has kind of happened quite a lot before in the past. What do you think our perception should be on like award shows like the Grammy and and, and situations like this? Because I'm sure this will probably happen again.
1: I'm still on my my Chuck D. Chuck D said 20 years ago, who gives a fuck about a goddamn Grammy? I'm still on that. Jay-Z 15 years ago was boycotting the Grammys. Like, I'm still on that. Like, I give a fuck about the Grammys. Like, I don't see how people even give it that much weight. Give it way less weight. All that time and energy you spend on and no one complaining about it, go out and buy Kendrick's album in the throws that people bought Macklemore's album in. We have mm-hmm. the buying power, we have the spending power. Spend, both with your dollars, you know? Make Kendrick as, visible if you're that concerned, make Kendrick as visible as a community. We need to make Kendrick, people didn't buy Kendrick's album in the way that people bought Macklemore's album. Now. You want to say that well, the white community has more money. That's okay, yeah, that's true. But you, you, we can't, you can't deny the power of the black dollar. You can't deny it, you know. Or to, to, to take it, to move it away from race, move it away from race. It ain't even a racial issue. You can't deny the power of the hip hop dollar. You know what I'm saying?
0: Definitely, point point well taken, brother. Now, um, you know, before we get out of here, I really want to talk to you a little bit about, um. Some of the things that's going on with your independent label, uh, Javoti Media. Um, You have uh, some really talented artists surrounding you on that label. Uh, Names like Reese and Corey Moe. They're all doing some really dope things with their music. But with all of your success and the position that you're now in as a head of the label, what do you hope to provide for these artists that would bring progress and success to their careers moving forward? Um, I feel like I have a good business model.
1: Um, I've been able to navigate this business with shows and with music of integrity and not always be dependent on uh, hit records. Mm-hmm. So if I can impart some of that movement to my brothers and sisters and friends and family who uh, who I see a spark in, who I'm a fan of, who I feel like are underrated, underappreciated, police, like a Corey Moe, um, I'm going to do that.
0: Years from now, when you look back on all the great things you've done in your career as an artist. What is the ultimate impact you would like to leave on fans and people who've supported your music?
1: Um just as
0: I you know, I did it
1: in my own way, with my own name. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a caricature of who I am. It really was who I was.
0: Definitely. Well Kwali, I wanna definitely thank you again for um taking the time to speak with us today. I really appreciate, uh, you know, I know you have a crazy, hectic schedule, so I appreciate you taking the time to build with us. Um, wish you all the best in the new year with all the other things you got coming. So we're going to actually uh, get out of here with the last track. Um, it's actually um, off of the Prisoner of Conscious album. It's the final track on that album, another favorite of mine. It's called It Only Gets Better, featuring Marsha Ambrosius off the Prisoner of Conscious album. Thank you, for J. Cole. J. Cole, wow, I didn't know he produced that. Nice, yeah. so we're going to get out of here. J. Cole produced. Talib Kwali, It Only Gets Better. Masha Ambrosas, Out the Box Radio. Peace. Peace.
3: Hey, yo, it's Talib Kwali, the MCEO, the BKMC, the Ebony man, the Apollo legend. I'm chilling with my man Krill, you know what I'm saying? This is out he has the box, it's been he has. years in the Everybody. making, but now we're taking yeah. it to the next level. Tyler Pali, Rocker, we're out the Lord box. Brooklyn all day, today. 718, peace and yeah. love.